Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Take Podcast. We got a great lineup for you, including our first ever guest on the Sports Take Podcast. We did an interview with BYU insider Mitch Harper. We're going to play that for you guys. Got a lot of good insight into the BYU program, what fans can expect from this upcoming season for the Cougars. Ale- or not Alex. Alex is a big Utah fan. He yes, hated sir. every second of it. Devin, hey. big BYU fan, loved every second of it. Go Cougs. Is that fair to say, Devin? Loved it. Got oh, some good insight. I loved, he's very realistic about it. I loved every minute of it. So we got that coming out for you, so stay tuned. But first, we got our classic winners and losers segment. We're going to kick it to Alex. Alex, who is your winner this week? My winner this week. So I was actually, I mean, I think everyone saw this coming, but when I saw it come out up on the live wire, uh, when the uh, Vikings signed Stephon, Stephon Diggs. You guys see that deal that I they did. signed him to? Oh, yeah. I did. Oh, man. How can you not? So it's kind of a winner for both sides. Like, Stephon just got paid, right? Watch out NFL defenses. That's And, I mean, we all know Stephon Diggs had that huge, miraculous uh, touchdown play uh, against the Saints. Granted. Alex, uh, hold on. I'll stop you. Being, no, I get it. I get you it. being no, a I, Utah I, fan. I know. I'm going to go over Who that. was and the look, one hey, that missed on. that tackle? Listen, I'm, gonna get, I'm getting there, all right? I'm just kidding, man. I truly think it doesn't happen if Sir Williams makes a tackle, but he didn't. <laughs> and he missed it. <laughs> Oh, it's awful. Yeah. Oh, man. So sad. But it was awful. Horrible, horrible thing. But I, when I was watching, I went buck wild just because that was just insane. It was just it, an awesome play. Yeah, you didn't see what's happening. So I think it's winner both sides there. Vikings getting a baller wide out. He's, what he's, is the exact terms of the deal? Let me pull it up right here. I had it up. It was the fi- It was five-year. This is great radio. All I know is big money, big money, big money. Yeah, so it was five-year, $81 million extension. So it was. How much of that's guaranteed, does it say? Let's see right here. 40. 40 million guaranteed. Wow. Not too shabby. No. Not, not too shabby at all. at all. You're a loser. Because when there's a winner, there's a loser. When there is a winner, there's a loser. Is it the Vikings <laughs> for having to pay that much money to a wide receiver? No, 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 no. See, I wouldn't put um, the Vikings on loser watch. Come on now. Like, they just, come on now. I, I think it's nine to one favorites for the Super Bowl. That line was looking real good the other day. Well, listen, nine to one. They got Kirk Cousins. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> take that line. You kidding me? But that's I, easy money. Yeah, but I still don't think they paid too much for that uh, for Stephon Diggs. But my loser. I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, Manzel is to start for the CFL's Outlets. Alouettes. Uh, Alouettes on Friday. Some respect on Montreal's name, Alex. Yeah, well, guess what? Them poor Alouettes are the losers. No, no, I, I don't care. The Those poor Alouettes are going to yeah. have Menzel start. They are, they are the losers. I got a question. What, what right the now. heck happened to his first stint in Canada? He just got traded a couple weeks ago. He just got still. traded? He, he was just a backup. Yeah. Okay, I was so curious when I saw that on my Instagram. Yeah, it wasn't like, it's not his first start in the Canadian Football League. It's his first start with this team. Because he got passed up by that old... Oregon quarterback that took his spot over in uh, wherever it was. But he's be- that quarterback's I forget his name. He's he was the one before uh, Mariota. Right well, before, before the guy who was before Mariota. Yeah, I can't remember after his, Dennis Dixon. Yeah, and I can't remember his name. But uh, yeah, no, it was I, I laughed, especially when I saw they got benched on that team as well. So I was like, you know what, Manzel, like he's making like a good good round in his life, I guess, trying he's to get trying. all sober. He's trying. But it's uh, 
You can't discredit someone for trying, I guess. So my winner is the Montreal Alouettes. Oh, Ooh. my goodness. You can read it right here. What I have it down on the Why you got to be like that? Because the Montreal Alouettes have dominated headlines in the last week or so. For okay. trading for Johnny Manziel, now starting Johnny Manziel. It was the number three headline on ESPN.com this morning during the MLB trade deadline. It was MLB, MLB, Johnny Manziel's going to start, MLB, MLB, MLB. When was the last time the CFL was ever the headline on ESPN.com? I guess when Johnny Menzel was going to make his uh, first stint. Yeah, Johnny, Ven- <laughs> exactly. Johnny, Johnny Menzel, Menzel is definitely helping he's bringing, the CFL. He's bringing the show with him to the CFL, and for that, it, the CFL should be so grateful that they have Johnny Menzel in there. Johnny Menzel actually has made a really big effort to turn his life around. No, he really has. Become a good guy. For that, I respect him. I didn't. Yep. admittedly did not like him in college. Tabo was a big Johnny Manziel guy in huge, college. Huge Johnny Manziel fan. Could not stand him. Now that I see, you know, he's making an effort. He's going out there. He wants to be a changed man. He recognizes that he was young and stupid and did dumb crap in college. So for that, I respect him. I'm rooting for him. I hope he's successful. I'm an Alouettes fan just because they had my guy Ben Cahoon in the past won a couple of the Grey Cups, I think, mm-hmm. is the equivalent of the CFL Super Bowl. He was like the Jerry Rice of Canadian football. That's my guy right there, Ben Cahoon, BYU legend. Um, so I'm an Alouettes guy. I had an Alouettes hat when I was like 12. So now that we got Johnny Manziel in there, I'm excited. We're going to get this thing rolling. Whatever, Alouettes dude. back to prominence <laughs> in the CFL. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, my loser, because when there's a winner, there's got to be a loser. Yes, sir. So my loser is honesty. <laughs> okay. Let's hear it. So LeBron James... Been in the news recently. Right. Did a really great thing. Started the I Promise School in Akron. Kids who go there get free uniforms, free tuition. A bike with a helmet. Bike with a helmet, free transportation there, free lunch. If they graduate from that school, they get tuition paid for at the University of Akron. Really great stuff. Respect. Hats off to LeBron. He's doing great things in the Akron community. However, also in the news because of what he said about joining the Los Angeles Lakers and part of why he joined L.A. And one of the reasons he gave was he, th- was he loved the challenge of taking a team somewhere where they haven't been in a long time. Obviously referencing that the Lakers haven't made the playoffs in three to four years. Right. The audacity that this man has to say that joining the Lakers and being great on the Lakers and making the Lakers relevant is a challenge. You're spitting in Kobe's eye right there. And it's just frankly not true. Like, if you wanted a challenge, go and say you wanted to live in Los Angeles. And Come to Utah if you want a challenge. You want a challenge, go to the Jazz and win a championship there because the team's never done it. If you like taking teams where they haven't been in a long time, how about you take a team somewhere where it's never been in the history of the franchise? And right. that is the Jazz with a championship. That's the, the Clippers. Bucks. Well, the Bucks have won championships. Yeah, but I mean. But in a long time. Past 50 years. 40 years. Yeah, seriously. Go to the Clippers. You can still live in L.A. You can have that L.A. lifestyle. You're LeBron. Playing for the Clippers isn't going to be, you know, less. You're not going to make be less famous in L.A. if you're LeBron playing for the Clippers than you're for LeBron playing for the Lakers. And go and make the Clippers great. Bring them to a championship. Win a championship with the Clippers. So saying that joining the Lakers is going to be this great challenge and you're so excited and that's why you went and joined because you want to bring the Lakers back to the playoffs and make them relevant is just the biggest load of BS I've heard in a long, long time. You know, Hunter, I can agree with you there. That, that is lame. 
clearly Jerry West didn't give a good enough pitch to LeBron to come over to the Clippers. But, you know, if I were personally him, I would have gone there. Well, I think LeBron was set on the Lakers for a long time. Oh, absolutely. From, from, from midway. I when mean, he, he owns two when homes he in half, L.A., when he traded half the team to the Lakers and got the Lakers all the Lakers crappy players in return, right? He knew he was going to the Lakers, right? He was he's like I'm going to the Lakers, but I don't want Larry Nance or Jordan Clarkson on there when I go. So he traded for them and then dipped to L.A. Yeah, not you know obviously would not be the case because some people got on me on Twitter about. I don't know. It sounds kind of like absolutely a factual. <laughs> maybe he was maybe he was talking to Magic the whole season. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. Magic's been tampering. But yeah, but Hunter, you got to be careful. You put on that Twitter sphere, dude. They can be brutal out there. I'd be careful. Yeah, it was, a co-work- toxic. It was a co-worker here at ESPN. <laughs> That's awesome. He's like, misquoting LeBron to make him sound bad, huh? Come on, Hunter. Like, I'm not misquoting him. I included the screenshot of the quote in my tweet, blah, 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 whatever. SMH, man. SMH. Yeah. Moving on. Devin, you've got to have a winner and a loser. My winner, and we're going to get into it. Later when we get into the MOB trade deadline. But my winner is the Dodgers. Big winners of the deadline. Big winners. Big winners. Yeah. Love it. And I don't want to go too in-depth with it because we will over the deadline. Let's just say they got a couple stars. Yeah, we'll just just say. We'll come in. They got a couple stars. We'll just say LeBron isn't the only superstar to join Los Angeles in the last month. There is someone else sliding in right next to him. Maybe LeBron's a little bit jealous taking some of his show. Maybe. We'll find out. But with every winner, there's a loser. There's a loser, and I'm going to say this is a loser for the time being. The Orioles. Well, they've been a loser all they're season tra- long. Yeah, they, they've, they've already been a loser. Been a loser. A long time. So they already are a loser, but they're a loser because they're giving away everybody. I know they're entering a rebuilding phase. That's why I said the Orioles are a loser for the time being. Now it's going to take them a long time to climb out of the hole that they're in. But being a Jazz fan, I know I, f- I feel for those fans. But they're losers right now. They they suck. Terrible. And they were on the losing end of that trade that yeah, we exactly. previewed about the Dodgers. Once again, it's like they're giving away players. Honestly. every It seemed like every other trade that would come through you know, on ESPN or over Twitter and stuff had something to do with the Orioles. Yep. And it made me wonder, like, if you have all these great pieces that you're trading, why are you such a crappy team? Like, if you have the Zach Brittons, if you have the... Manny Machado's, you know, they were made probably six trades. Yeah, their they bullpen gave, they gave away some obviously stars. was fantastic, but that might just go up to management. We don't need to get into that. Speaking yeah. of management, it's hot seat season for coaches. It is. There's another coach who might be on the hot seat, and who is it? You know that that's my hot seat. That's Kalani Sataki. Kalani Sataki on the hot seat. We may or may not have discussed this with Mitch. We did, and so I'm not going to get super into it. But me personally, I think he's on the hot seat. He's on your hot seat. He's on my hot seat because growing That's up, the only hot seat growing up and seeing about. some uh, some good BYU football and uh, what it is now, I miss it. Miss Come on, good, Kalani. Miss the good football. What are you doing down give us, there? Give us good football. Yeah. Not this crappy football. I mean, season tickets are starting at $120. That's terrible. That's actually pretty cheap. That's terrible. That's because of how awful they are. That's they just suck. about right for a BYU season ticket. Hey, easy over there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to separate these two. Hey, when, they're, when they're relevant again, and you see up on that freeway billboard, when their season tickets are starting at 500 You come talk to them. You come talk to me. When Devin's having to pay $500, you talk to him. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah be like, you're still paying 500 bucks. <laughs> it's hot, all good. Sure, so I'm losing either way. <laughs> yeah, right. Hot seat, Devin's wallet. Um, yeah. <laughs> not really on the hot True. seat. 
my hot seat is boredom. Boredom. Boredom's on the hot seat, fellas. Why is that? You know why? Because we are, as of in four hours, we'll be in August. And August means one thing. Do you know what that one thing is, Alex? Football. It's the return of football. We have NFL football. Thursday. Two days. 48 hours Mm. from now. 46 hours from now. Mm. I like the sound of that. Granted, it's the Bears. Mm. And it's going to be their backups. And it's going to be their third string. I don't even care. But and I'll, dang you, it, and it dang is well, some no, I'm going to watch every football. woman of that. Oh, yeah. Every, every, every little woman. You kidding every little me man. right now? Every little one. I don't even know who the Chicago's every backup quarterback minute. is. I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to love it. I'm going to go put some money down. I'm even going to criticize Bears. them water boys. If they ain't getting my backup boys some water good enough, I mean, I'm, ooh, I'm going to be heated. The, the, uh, rumor has it they have Bobby Boucher on the sidelines. He's back. If, if the, whoa, He's back. For the Bears. Bears? Bobby Boucher? <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl, Super Bowl contenders big, now? That was their big free agent yeah, acquisition. Super Bowl contenders now? Yeah. Dang. Love me some Bobby Boucher. There you go. Uh, Devin actually does a tremendous Bobby Boucher impression. Uh, and Mama, the, 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 the switch continues. <laughs> okay. I like it. I like it. <laughs> That's not what I was trying to play, but it worked. Devin, you walked into it. Oh, no, we suck again. <laughs> All right. So my hot seat, it's going to be the hot seat until they get this stuff figured out. I hope you guys can kind of think of where I'm coming from and who I'm going to say. It's going to be my Seahawks once again. Every second single week in week, a row. Second week in a row, and I don't care because it's just getting worse. Because now, now Baldwin's hurt. Baldwin just got hurt. Stop it. All right? Because I do that at night, and you don't understand. It's just awful. And now, now not even is there, like, talks of just trying to get Earl Thomas back, right? Not even that. Guess what it is now? It's just like, now the talk is, what is it going to take to get Earl Thomas to another team? What's it gonna, What's another team going to have to trade to get Earl Thomas? And I'm sitting here. Oh, yeah, he's done, too. And I'm just sitting here thinking, what the heck? Like, WTF, guys, you guys suck, man. I hate you guys. Like, this is lame. So, yeah, hot seat, my Hawks. I hope they figure it out. But it's whatever. This is breaking news. Speaking of Baldwin, he's on the move. The Dallas Cowboys have traded a fifth-round pick in 2019 and a seventh-round pick in 2020 for the safety Earl Thomas. Don't lie to me. Nah, I'm just messing with yeah, you. Yeah, I was like, I was, I was about to. Cry. I saw tears in your eyes over there. Oh my! Well, because like this is the thing. Like, if you're gonna trade that man a fifth and a seventh round, don't even like you got to make it more realistic. But that's what hurt most is. Oh my gosh, I'm sweating bullets over here. It's not even funny. Well, we're gonna give Alex a chance to catch his breath. Maybe get a glass of water. He looks like he needs Woo! it. Coming up on the other side, we've got the Mitch Harper interview. Gonna dive into some BYU sports and. Get some baseball talk, so stay tuned. All right, welcome back to the Sports Take Podcast. We're excited to announce our first ever guest in the history of the whole podcast, history of the whole website, anything. First guest, Mitch Harper, ESPN 960, Cougar Sports. Mitch, how are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, honored to be here, Hunter. It's to be. I, I didn't realize I was going to be the first guest, so uh, beyond honored. I, I can proudly say, though, I've been a fan of your guys's. I, I, even, I was listening to the podcast before you had the new 
awesome logo that you guys got on there with the all the cartoons. Like I'm thinking, like you guys got this sweet like character logo. I've always wanted like a cartoon version of myself. Like you guys got that, but hey, I'm old. I'm I'm washed up these days. But hey, I appreciate you having me on the show. I'm honored to be the first guest here. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I think we'll. I think we'll. I'll, I'll try to not let you down by being. Uh, uh, I'll live up to that lofty billing and be that first guest. Well, we'll make you a Bitmoji, a little cartoon <laughs> oh, guy yeah, that you can use. It'll be good. Oh, is that what good. it is, the Bitmoji? Yeah. yeah. Just okay. make a Bitmoji. We threw on the caps of our favorite football teams. I like that. because Photo- uh, Photoshop expert. I used to be a big Snapchat guy, with, the, and I used to have a Bitmoji, but uh, kind of let Snapchat go a bit. Now more the IG <laughs> guy. You know, I, I used to have the spectacles with Snapchat. I was all about the oh, spectacles. Yeah. That was my <laughs> thing. But now, now more IG. You know, I'm trying to go more... I'm trying to get to that point where I'm getting that swipe up feature on my IG stories, but there you go. still got a long way to go. I'm grinding. I'm working toward that. Snapchat like you guys is are. old news. Old Snapchat news. Is Instagram is where it's burning. at now. <laughs> so welcome, welcome to the new age movement of Instagram, Mitch. Thank you. Happy to have you on board. Um, we want to dive in. We want to talk about some BYU football, some Cougar sports. You started the Cougar Sports podcast. Um, you're the producer for ESPN 960 Cougar Sports with Ben Criddle. And recently just took over the BYU site for 24-7 Sports. Tell us a little bit about that site and kind of what you're going to roll out now that you're the man leading the site, leading the charge over there. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate that, Hunter. I'm I'm really excited about it. I mean, 24-7 Sports, the premier brand when it comes to recruiting coverage uh, in in college sports. We partnered with CBS Sports. They've been doing it for a long time. And BYU's had a rich tradition of, uh, you know, coverage on that platform, but they wanted to make a change because things were slipping a little bit. Kind of a la you know BYU's you know four and nine football season you know they were they took a dip now I'm coming in with my new staff a la Jeff Grimes I feel like I'm Jeff Grimes coming in trying to fix something that uh, was once great uh, going to build it up again but uh, really excited about it uh, going to have excellent coverage of recruiting BYU team daily I'm going to have be there at fall camp video cast podcast I mean everything of the sort recruiting news anything BYU. It's going to be like a BYU topia of, of content at uh, at uh, Cougar Sports uh, uh, BYU twenty four seven twenty four seven Sports website. So I'm really excited to get it going, and I appreciate uh, the plug giving me that uh, chance to talk about it. Yeah. So Mitch Harper, he's the man for everything BYU sports, in particular BYU football, coming up here in just a few weeks. We got a lot of BYU listeners. So tell them where they can find you on Instagram or on Twitter if they want to get the best BYU content there is out there. Yeah, Mitch underscore Harper is my Twitter handle uh, and Instagram handle as well. That's where you can follow a lot of my work, but also you know ESPN 960 Sports and, of course, uh, BYU.247sports.com as well. So you said you're the Jeff Grimes of 24-7 Sports <laughs> for BYU. Now put yourself in Jeff Grimes' shoes heading into this season, brand-new offensive coordinator. If you're trying to win the most games you can this season, who do you go at quarterback? It's a great question. I mean, because the quarterback position, you're talking about a historic battle. I was actually, before the show, looking at the quarterback timeline uh, of BYU's history of, of quarterbacks. Have they ever had this many quarterbacks in a quarterback race? And I went back to 1966 in my archive, and they've never had anything like this. They've never had a quarterback race where you can make a case for four guys to win the job. This is unprecedented, but there's a lot of buzz trending right now around Joe Critchlow. I'm, I'm surprised by that myself, uh, but talking to people around the program, they they seem to think that Joe Critchlow, walk-on quarterback, he's on an academic scholarship, smart kid, 4.2 GPA. I didn't even know that was a thing, to be quite honest, that people could get that, but he's a smart kid, really smart, and uh, BYU coaches liked him. He did do a nice job in spring ball. I mean, he was probably the MVP of BYU spring game, 
But uh, for me, I, I think that I, I've been a high, I've been very high on Zach Wilson, freshman, local kid, Corner Canyon High School. He was a three star, four star, depending on what service you look at. He had offers from a lot of Pac-12 schools. Was once committed to Boise State. Zach Wilson, I thought, was really impressive in spring ball. When you're talking about a kid that probably should have been uh, getting ready for high school prom. He was, you know, leading BYU's offense a lot of times with the first string offense in spring ball. So he's going to be in the mix as well. But uh, it's interesting because uh, you could go a lot of different ways. But then, of course, I already mentioned him, Tanner Mangum. You know, how do you handle that situation? But for me, I would go with Zach Wilson. I just feel like he can. He's on even footing with all the upper, all the guys that have already been in the program for many years already. He's good enough to get BYU back to bowl eligibility because that's the goal this year getting back to respectability and getting back to a bowl game. And Zach Wilson can do can do that for you. And then also he's setting the trajectory and the excitement level in the program to a high level once again because now you got a guy who's going to be your signal caller for years to come. So no matter who's playing quarterback for BYU, you obviously are going to need some playmakers around him. BYU is going to be what it looks like without Ula Tolatau, one of their highest scoring players from last season. Um Last season, the offense struggled a lot. Uh, one of the worst-ranked offenses in terms of points per game last season in all of college football. Who on this team do you think has the best chance of having a breakthrough season and contributing right away for BYU? Well, you mean you look at Matt Bushman, the tight end. He's going to be a guy that's probably one of the 10 best tight ends in college football this year. He's going to be really good, regardless of who the quarterback is. Matt Bushman is going to get his. I mean, he still had, what, 500-plus yards receiving a season ago with the worst offense since World War II for BYU. Matt Bushman's going to be outstanding. And then you look at Dylan Colley, a grad transfer from Hawaii. He comes in. The the Colley name is obviously synonymous with BYU. And, of course, yes, he is the younger brother to Austin Colley, the best to ever do it uh, at the Y. Dylan, he comes in. He's, he's mature. He's He's married. He's looking to come in and be a leader and get to the league. And BYU's got that opportunity for him because there's an opening at that wide receiver spot. They don't have many playmakers at that position. So Dylan Colley is going to be a guy you look at and say he comes in to be a difference maker for BYU. And then the running back spot, you mentioned Ula Tolutau. He's not expected to be uh, part of the program this fall. He's going to work his way back. Uh, he's going to try. There's there's a, a path in place for him, whether it be with academics, the honor code, what have you, uh, he's going to work his way back to trying to get to BYU this January. Will it happen? Uh, sometimes it does work for guys where they come back, think about a Kyle Van Noy who's now with the New England Patriots. I know you're a Patriots fan. He's a guy, you know, Van Noy sat out the entire 2009 season, worked his way back, got in the good graces of BYU, and then, of course, went on to a storied career at BYU. So it does happen, but there are many stories of guys that just never get back on the field. It is a disappointing loss for BYU because they are somewhat thin at running back, but they are pretty confident in this kid named Zachary Lopini Katoa, American Fork product, three-star kid. Originally signed with Oregon State out of high school, but he was the star of, of spring ball at the running back spot. Him paired with Squally Canada, who's a Doak Walker watch list candidate. They feel pretty confident those are their top two backs, and they can do some nice things with that group. So those would probably be some of the playmakers that you look at for BYU as they try to get back to having an offense that puts some fear in the team. So, because I mean, that's when you think of BYU football, you think offensive attacks that are just some of the best around. They're not going to be one of the best in the nation this year. They're not going to go from cellar dweller all of a sudden to one of the best there is, but they're going to be a lot more competitive. They're going to be a team that's, at the end of the day, able to get past the 50. They're able to get the chains moving, get the, the defense off the field so they're staying fresh. So, those would be some of the guys I'd definitely keep an eye on this fall.
Okay, specifically, um, I want to ask you at that wide receiver core, besides Matt Bushman, who are we going to see come out of the woodworks? Because yeah. last year, obviously that receiving st- receiving core kind of struggled a little bit besides Bushman. Yeah, it really did. I mean, Bushman was was great. He he really did a nice job for BYU coming off the mission. But, again, I mean, Dylan Colley is going to be someone. Then you look at Gunnar Romney, a four-star kid. He had offers from pretty much anyone out, out in the West Coast. Uh, Gunnar Romney is going to be a really good player. He, I mean, he first day he, he graduates from high school or he signs his letter of intent. He's hitting up Jeff Grimes. He's asking for his uh, asking for the playbook. He's been working out three or four times a day. He's been working out with like major league baseball players. He's been working out with pro football guys. And the Romney name, yes, he is related to uh, uh, Mitt Romney, I believe. He's like a some second un- some some uncle or some kind. They're all related down at BYU. But right, uh, right. but uh, Gunnar Romney, and then also you look at Micah Simon. He's a Texas kid. Once a quarterback in high school, led Bishop Dunn High School to a three A state title in the state of Texas. He's been flirting with the the wide receiver spot a few years. There's been some buzz about him maybe being a deep threat guy. But uh, for my for my estimation, again, it's it's kind of a theme for me. I mean, I know I'm the 24 seven sports guy, recruiting whatnot, but Youth that's going to win the day, I think, for BYU in 2018, and Gunnar Romney, Dylan Colley, the new faces coming in to set that new order in the program. Yeah. Also, so I mean, BYU's obviously been struggling here quite a bit. But my question is, as far like, what is it a coaching thing? Is it a is it a certain core group that you think really needs to step up? Like, what is it that's going to really help BYU succeed this year? Is it like as a whole? What are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, Kalani Sataki answers his, his third year, and this is a pivotal year. Any other program not named BYU, his seat's really cooking right now. He'd be on the hot seat because that was a colossal fall. You fell off a cliff as a program going from 9-4 and four to where your first year, you're eight points away from being undefeated, and you had Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. And the second year, you go to 4-9, and nine and you're not even competitive against anyone that you really play and had some of the worst losses in, in at least my lifetime watching BYU football, maybe – last 50 or so years of the program. So I think now, I mean, what happened for, for me last year watching this program closely, I think players cut corners. I think they took it for granted. I think BYU just thought, hey, these independent schedules, they're tough at the beginning, but in the back half, we're going to beat the New Mexico States. We're going to beat the East Carolinas. We're going to beat the UMasses. We can just show up and win those games. I think guys cut corners. You saw a lot of guys just worrying about Fortnite, playing video games. Even Fred Warner himself, who's now with the San Francisco 49ers, he even said, guys are worrying too much about video games. Guys are worrying about too much with social media. Too many outside distractions infiltrated the program. And Kalani Sataki was trying to run his program, a la his mentor, Lavelle Edwards, who a little bit more hands-off back then was Lavelle. And Kalani, I think, realized now he can't just be completely hands-off. He's got to be – he can't just be the overseer and the guy that just sees it all come together. He's got to be hands-on. He's got to get his hands dirty in this thing. And you're going to see Kalani Sataki being the guy that's going to basically run this defense in 2018. He's going to help his friend Elisa Tuiaki, who's the defensive coordinator. Went under fire a little bit last year, but – he was fortunate the offense was just an absolute colossal disaster to really mask the issues that the defense had. But I think you're going to see Kalani a lot more engaged. He's reevaluated every facet of his program. That's why you saw Ty Detmer, a legend, get let go. Um, I mean, Ty Detmer's on the Mount Rushmore of BYU. I mean, that's right, that's right. what he that's what he is. To let him go was a huge deal. But Kalani had to do it because he knew that he needed to take ownership of the program. He needed to get his guys in, and he got that with Jeff Grimes. And now. We're going to see if all these changes 
are going to pay off. I think initially, from what I saw in spring, what I've seen in the offseason, that they have made enough progress to where you you got to think they're good enough for six wins. But time will tell, because you, if you assume that it can't get any worse, well, next thing you know, it could definitely get a lot worse. So if BYU were to have another disaster season, you know, another four and nine, another you know five and seven season, what do you think the chances are that this is Satake's last year? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question because again, anywhere else not named BYU, you go three and ten or you know three and nine, four and eight, you're gone. It's it's over. Uh, BYU obviously with their unique situation and and the affiliation with the LDS Church, it makes it a little bit of a unique dynamic in how they handle. Their coaching hires. Now, I think with Kalani Sataki, if he was to have a losing record, say five and seven, I still think he's back. Uh, what could really hurt Kalani is if, you know, they go four and eight, three and nine, but then you combine that with honor code issues. That's when things get really dicey, and then suddenly he's he's gone. Because last year you had those issues. We mentioned Ula Tolotel, you know, he. He had the issues with marijuana, and he there were some you know off the field issues, you know players failing drug tests. There were some problems in that locker room that just just didn't work. Doesn't work at BYU, and I think they've had to learn some hard lessons. So losing simply would that be good enough to get Kalani fired? I'd err on the side of, side of caution, say no. I say he would still be back for his fourth year, and then he'd be at a point where make or break, you got to. You got to perform, or else you and Grimes and the whole staff, you're you're done. Um, but if you if you have the losing plus the off the field issues, and you hurt the BYU brand and the image, which they're very conscious of over there, uh, that's when you start to talk about Kalani possibly being done. Okay, going back to that uh, independent schedule, how you said, obviously, I mean, how we see it, it's very rough at the beginning and then slowly eases out. Uh, out of the first five games, what is the most crucial win they need to set the tone for the rest of the season? Great question. I, I think that the Arizona game is critical. Uh, if, if BYU, I'm hearing the term, the new BYU, uh, that's what recruits have been saying, that's what coaches have been saying, the message uh, that was put out in June, the new BYU. If we want to really see the new BYU, the new and improved BYU, it's got to show itself against Arizona. And with independent schedules, we hear it all the time, you lose one game, what are you then playing for? If you could somehow pull off an upset against Arizona, who right now is a 14-point favorite, ESPN's given BYU about a 22% chance of winning that game, that would be a huge boost to the confidence that, hey, things have changed. This is the new BYU. And then BYU can kind of get on a roll. It's just getting that that first one. And to do it against a team like Arizona with Khalil Tate, Heisman Trophy candidate, that would be huge for BYU. I think that Arizona game is critical. I think if BYU can win that one, then you're talking about suddenly BYU possibly positioning themselves to maybe be seven and five, eight and four, maybe exceed expectations that are pretty low right now for this program. So that Arizona game for me is one I look at that would be a, a real critical game for this team. When it's all said and done, end of the season, where do you see BYU come December? Yeah, I'm saying seven and five. I think BYU gets to a bowl game. I think they get back on track. Seven and five. I think BYU goes undefeated at home. I think the six home games are very manageable, and that includes a Power 5 opponent in Cal. Cal, they lost their star five-star five wide receiver in Demetrius Robertson. He transferred out to Georgia, so he's gone, their top pass catcher. I think BYU can win that football game, especially if they perform well in Week 1 against Arizona, get some confidence, rolling into Pro, win or lose in that one. Um, I think they go undefeated at home. And then you get one on the road because the road schedule 
it's daunting. I mean, I don't look at yeah. any game on that road slate and say BYU is an odds-on favorite. Well, maybe UMass in November, but then you they go. They were saying that last year. Exactly. BYU lost to UMass a season ago, um, and they got their quarterback returning in Andrew Ford, who might be, I think, one of the best quarterbacks, honestly, in the East Coast. Maybe the top five or six is just pure passers. He's projected to be maybe a, a third day three NFL draft pick. So I'm, I would say they got to win their home games. they got to defend home field. They can do that. Uh, Northern Illinois is going to be a salty defense, one of the best defenses in the Midwest. But 7-5, and five, get to a bowl game, which will be interesting in and of itself because BYU, as an independent, usually they have bowl tie-ins. This year, no bowl tie-ins. So how does ESPN juggle and find BYU a spot in the bowl picture? That'll be an interesting dynamic, but they got to get to that point first. I think they do, and I think they get to 7-5, and five, which would be a great success for BYU to bounce back from that abysmal 4-9 season. Yeah, if they can get to 7-5, and five, I would definitely consider that a successful season for BYU, especially coming off that dreadful 5-9 and nine season. Mitch, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being the first-ever guest on the Sports Take podcast. Good luck to you as you roll out the new 24-7 BYU site, and we'll get to work on that Bitmoji for you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I really appreciate having, having me on, and... Uh, Again, hope hopefully this uh, this maiden voyage of having guests on the show, uh, hope, hopefully it went well. Oh, yeah. Coming back after this break, we're going to talk about the MLB trade deadline, what moves were surprising to us, and which moves made some teams contenders for the World Series. All right. Hey. It's the Sports Take Podcast. Yes, sir. Hey. Special thanks to Mitch Harper for jumping on, doing an awesome interview. Fantastic first interview that we have ever done here on Sports Take. Oh, yeah. Warmed my heart. Oh, yeah. Devin's feeling a lot more optimistic about this BYU season. Definitely. I bet he is. I See, Where, listen, even as a Utah fan, I'm like, I don't like to sit here. I don't get hyped being makes like, Makes you like BYU a little more. You make no, some, I you, wouldn't, no, I wouldn't jump that far. I'm just going to say you I, want them I, to do good. I respect Mitch. He's a great guy. Doesn't necessarily make me doesn't make me like BYU anymore. But, go Cougs. But you know what? Go I did Cougs, enjoy the Alex. interview. It was great. You know what? Go Cougs. You know what? Go Utes. All right. Devin's smiling ear to ear when oh, he yeah. heard that BYU could potentially go seven and five. Oh, so happy when he heard that there was an inkling of a chance that BYU could beat Arizona. By gosh, I've <laughs> like never I, seen Devin. I so climbed happy. out of a dark hole. You've been you've been there did for I a while. Been there last season. Been there for a minute. Six years. Okay. All right, man. <laughs> Seven. Okay. What do you think? Seven and wins. Is yeah, that your official. Prediction I think. For I think seven and five. Go to a bowl game. Yeah, you'll be ecstatic. Oh, wow. Just ecstatic. be partying in the streets. I'll throw a huge party at our place. Listen, hold, I think. Okay. See, we're seven and six. Hey, but I think <laughs> we're in a listen, bowl game. Woo! <laughs> Back on top, baby. Let's go. No, I, the I Sun still Bowl think, in El Paso. I honestly think my prediction for BYU football. I think it's going to end up being. It's gonna be a heartbreak, but you're gonna be good. You're gonna do better than you did last year. I've been. But it's gonna be. I'm sorry, but it's gonna. You're only gonna get six wins. And I'm, I'm flip flopping on the over under. <laughs> it's okay. That's what I'm calling. That first, little... the first four of the first five games for BYU, rough. If you Definitely. can win one of those four, start off the season two and three, 
Confidence. With a victory against McNeese State and a victory against one of Cal or Arizona, probably because they're not probably not going to be Wisconsin. They're definitely no. Not Wisconsin's be Washington. coming in hot this year. Wisconsin and Washington are losses. Cal or Arizona have the potential to go either way. Yeah. For me, he said Arizona. I think for, Cal's for a bigger, me. I think Cal's a bigger chance. For me, if BYU finishes this season five and seven, with they'll with look Cal. back at that Cal yeah. game and think, you know, we played at home against Cal who's an average Pac-12 team. But if By they, no means are they one of the top teams in the Pac-12. And I think they'll look back at that and say, man, that's a game we should have had. If you get that youth youth movement, like he was saying, uh, excited about beating a Power 5 team, then you go into the other games with that confidence that, yeah, we can hang. Yeah, definitely. I think so. I think if you get, you know, if you start a Zach Wilson, he's... Mitchell is obviously very high on Zach Wilson. I am too. I think if you Mitchell's start, very high on just the the young squad. Yeah. Well, BYU has Wilson? he's good. good. No, I agree. BYU has good, good young talent for sure. Yeah. Christian Flau, your boy is one of them. Christian Flau, my boy is one of them. Look out for him. Everybody. I think if you start Zach Wilson and you get a win in Arizona, I think you could beat then beat Cal, and I think you'll be more competitive against teams like Wisconsin and Washington. You'll still lose, but it won't. You'll get past the fifty yard line, and then that will obviously help later in the season, especially when you play teams like UMass, UMass Northern and Utah Illinois. State. You know the UMasses and the Utah States should be wins for BYU. Last season they were not. No, and I was at the UMass game, and it was, it was oh, rough. It was a, it was it was a, a rough game to watch. Any game you were at last season was rough. Uh, I went to the no. Portland State game, one of their four wins, and it was <laughs> they rough. They beat that Portland was, yeah, State, that though. Was, they won, was, guys. That was some credit. I mean, <laughs> 21 nothing against you, Portland State. Hey, for how bad they were and to put that much up on the board? Portland State's won like one game in the last three years. Guys, throw me a bone here. You don't deserve it. <laughs> Who else did they beat this last season? They Who were the other three wins? Portland State. I'm going to go back and look. They were such measly schools, though. I know. I can't remember. I just remember them losing. They got blown out by Wisconsin. No. They got... Utah was actually a competitive game. I'll give BYU that. They kept last season's game against Utah much more competitive than I thought it would ever be. And so my hat's off to them. Yeah. Like, you kept... BYU's done a really good job of keeping the rivalry close the last couple seasons when, in my opinion, it had no business of being close. I think Utah was a far superior team both years. Two years ago and last year, but BYU kept them close. BYU had a chance to beat Utah two years ago, and just they Taysom did. Hill couldn't and, well, convert they didn't, two points. I'm not, I'm not going to get into that, but their uh, their <laughs> so other wins three? came against San Jose State, okay, UNLV, yeah. and Hawaii. So the Mountain West. Yeah. They were in the Mountain West. They're a contender. <laughs> Gosh. <you> can, <laughs> it's Boise State, and it's BYU no, in the they, Mountain they, West. They lost to Boise State and Utah State, so... So they'd be good, third man. in the mountain. Let's put that in the past, though, right? It's all good. Listen, the future's it's a new looking age. bright. It's a new age. New BYU. Listen to you know Mitch. What? New BYU. BYU's on the come up, and we can feel it. New BYU. Who dis? Who dis? Um, we're not going to spend the whole episode talking about BYU, because today was the MLB trade deadline, and there Very were a true. lot of moves made. There were a lot. I couldn't keep up. <laughs> Seriously. like it was. A, a... There was just quiet. It was like the NBA trade deadline, trade deadline, where it's just quiet you know, for two hours, and then suddenly the last 30 minutes, you just get trade after trade after trade. Boom. So we've got – so we're going to recap that for you. First question I have for you, Devin, what trade surprised you the most? Not necessarily um, just today, but trade in the last few weeks. Probably Chris Archer, the Pirates. 
That's I what I had as well. I had the Chris Archer. I, I don't know why it was so surprising. I just I just didn't see it coming at all. Like, yeah, was I there rumors for that? that? Yeah. I don't. I didn't there, hear. Chris Archer was on the move. Was he, he on was the, on the move okay. regardless. The team I kept hearing over and over again was Atlanta. See, that's what. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's Atlanta what I was seen, Atlanta two hours left in the trade deadline seemed to be the heavy favorite, and then suddenly an hour later he was on the Pirates. Atlanta Which, still won. I mean, on it's the trade a great. Deadline. It's a great trade for Pittsburgh, whose pitching has struggled. Um, they have a combined ERA of four point two zero. And their starters alone are allowing four and a half runs a game. Good so for them. So Chris Archer can come in and make an immediate impact on a Pirates team that's only three and a half games out they, of the final wild card. I think they lost, but they were on an 11-game winning streak for a while. 11-game winning streak, yeah, which helped them get into wild card. And now that you're in the wild card contention, it's time to make moves to get make that final push. I think the trade will work out well, but just like you, like there was no real reason why yeah, I no thought, wow. That's surprising. It was just the fact that Chris Archer to the Pirates was surprising. I, I thought for sure he'd go to Atlanta. Good for them, though. Atlanta still won. Atlanta got, got a pitcher, too. Yeah. They got the guy from Baltimore. Gossman. Gossman. Yeah. Not Zach Britton, the other guy from Baltimore. Nope. They got Kevin Gossman. Um, with that said, who, which team improved the most, do you think, at the trade deadline? Well, You teased it a little bit earlier. Obviously the Dodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Dodgers. I have the Dodgers, too. Dodgers We're all made in some agreement moves. in all of them. Manny Machado and Brian Dozier yeah. are they're a Super Bowl. Stud. I mean, a Super Bowl. Super a Bowl. <laughs> well, they, man, if they're a Super I mean, Bowl they team, they're, they're, hey, listen, they're the Seahawks, a Super Bowl team now. That's that's a who would compete more in the jump. Super Bowl, the Seahawks or the Dodgers? Oh, Dodgers, Dodgers, hand down. Dodgers, 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 <laughs> hand down, no doubt. I'll give you that one. <laughs> I can't defend my Hawks in this. They're situation. absolutely a World Series team. Now. Shut up! Just shut up! <laughs> hey, how are the Seahawks looking this season? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Just working the soundboard here. Whatever. Do you want you want another good one? No. <laughs> Nerd alert. <laughs> so I know when I'm gonna use it, but I'm gonna use it. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right, right, before we get distracted. Um yeah, Dodgers, big moves. Brian Dozier is a stud. Their entire lineup of one to eight, fantastic. Stacked. Puig is gonna be coming off the bench. Wow. That's how good it is. You know you're Yasiel a good Puig, team who was once viewed the as the next face of the Los Angeles Dodgers, is now going to be coming off the bench for LA. Because wow. that's how stacked this team is, 1-8. through eight. Obviously, pitching is another story, especially when it comes to the playoffs. Clayton Kershaw, fantastic. One of the best pitchers in baseball. Probably one of the best pitchers of all time, if, considering what he's done in the last five years. However, something about him, when he gets to the playoffs... I was going to say, he's got he's to show out the off. postseason if it's really going to change for the Dodgers. They have all the talent in the world the Dodgers can. The Dodgers, the moves they made today jumped into my World Series, jumped in my World Series contention list. Absolutely. I'm going to go over it in a second, my top three World Series contenders. But if that pitching play, you know, if they perform like they've performed over the last two, three seasons... Yeah. All that talent's going to be for nothing. Because Manny Machado and Brian Dozier and uh, Max Muncy and Kyle Seeger, they can only put up as many runs as they can. You know, they're not going to be able to score 15 runs a game to make up for all the runs that the pitching is allowed. Right. I mean, we were in a slugfest last season, Houston and LA. Boy, that was and a eventually, good what the difference was was Justin Verlander. True. It wasn't Clayton Kershaw. It was Justin Verlander made the difference for the Astros, and that's why they that's were why 2018 they World Series champs. Verlander stepped up. Kershaw let that postseason slump get to him. Yeah. 
So if Kershaw can perform like he's performed in the regular season for the last five years, if there are other pitchers can step up, I think L.A. has a real chance of taking home the World Series trophy. For sure. Amen. Speaking of who can take home the World Series trophy, my top three Ooh. World Series contenders after the trade deadline. I was going to write an article about this, decided just to give it to you guys over the air. Number three, the Houston Astros. They were able to add Roberto Osuna in a trade with the Blue Jays. However, Osuna is coming off a 75-game suspension for domestic abuse. So off-field questions aside, obviously, in that case, but he hasn't played in 75 games. You don't know exactly what you're going to get with him if you're an Astros fan. Obviously, he was a tremendous pitcher when he was playing, but 75 games off for a pitcher is a lifetime. That's a long time right. to not be playing baseball in live game situations. Very true. So that trade, I like. although I liked it, I don't think that that necessarily put him over the top. Um, and their lack of moves, other than that, really had them moving backwards. Because I did have them at number two. They're now at number three because at number two, the Los Angeles Dodgers leapfrogged them. We talked about it for a second. You know, yep. love the addition of Manny Machado. Uh, Brian Dozier is just icing on the cake for all Dodgers fans. Those two are going to be tremendous acquisitions for L.A. Um, and like I was saying, if their pitching can step it up and Clayton Kershaw can perform like a Cy Young award-winning pitcher in the playoffs... World Series might be coming home to L.A. if the Boston Red Sox don't have something to say about that because yeah. the yeah. Boston Red Sox are coming in at number one. The addition of Ian Kinsler from the Los Angeles Angels, one of the more underrated trades this trade deadline because Eduardo Nunez, is, he's suitable. He's not great. He's not going to you know get you over the top if you're the Boston Red Sox, which is a shame because every other position out in the field for Boston has been tremendous all season long. You have an outfield of Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley Jr., and uh, Andrew Benatendi, probably the best outfielding crew in Major League Baseball. In the infield, you have guys like Mitch Moreland and J.D. Martinez. And so that second base where Dustin Pedroia should occupy, except he's been hurt for the last two seasons, that is the one space on the entire field except for maybe catcher. But Sandy Leon is... One of the better catchers. I will Although tell an upgrade you, could have been. Nice. I will tell you where the Red Sox lost in this trade deadline. Now I'm I'm not discrediting them. They're still the my pick for the Red Sox. Red Sox. They they didn't help their bullpen. They did get. Um, get they did know. No, Nathan Evaldi. They get Nathan Evaldi. He's a starter though, but right. he does help to take pressure off your bullpen. But he's the kind of pitcher when you, when you when you get deep into the playoffs, especially yeah. playing a team like L.A., you need. You need, you need a bullpen. Yeah. Well, and the bullpen's really going to need some help. I mean, with Tyler Thornburg, is, Thornburg, is that how you say his name? Thornburg. Yeah, he's coming back. And then uh, Joe Kelly, I mean, he hasn't been. Joe Kelly has not been great this yeah, season. so it's like. If he can get back to St. Louis Cardinals, Joe Kelly. Agreed. Then we're in business. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, so it's but funny. But he takes the pressure off. You know, before adding him, you had guys like Drew Pomeranz who would go four innings. Right. And now it's time to bring in the relievers. And that right. put a lot of pressure on your bullpen to perform. Now you have Ivaldi who can go seven innings, eight innings, and you bring in Craig Kimbrell, and you're good. Like yeah. that, it takes – they didn't add a reliever. I would have preferred if they had added a reliever. There was a lot of relief pitchers out on the market. Red Sox just didn't make a move for any of them. Their offense MLB will make trade deadline, yeah, I agree. MLB trade deadline's weird anyway, though, because it's not really the trade deadline. You can still make right. moves right. after this. But it seems like where the – 
Those were when the big trades happened, though. Yeah. I mean, the Astros acquired Justin Verlander after the trade deadline last season. So there's still time to make moves if you're the Red Sox. However, I think what they did, they were number one coming into the trade deadline. I think after the trade deadline, they didn't do anything to separate themselves from the pack, but they did enough to maintain the number one spot. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and like I said, their offense is... It's going to keep it's ridiculous. Yeah, so it's if ridiculous. their offense keeps producing, they'll do fine. Yeah, but see, I cracked. It's funny though because you gave that list out, and when I was thinking of my list, I actually just had it just slightly reversed. Same thing: Astros coming in at number three, but I had Boston at number two, Dodgers at number one. Just if we're just going based off the trade deadline and the moves people made, if we're just going strictly off that, like that's kind of like how I'm looking at it because the Dodgers can now with those you know acquisitions could be kind of like that dark horse. They're coming for you now. They're going to really try to They're make a dangerous. push. Yeah. If they can make that push and sneak into the playoffs, I would be scared. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to play the Dodgers. I don't, yeah, I so, wouldn't. Yeah. And, and Boston, number two. Boston has just been up. We've seen it. Boston is on the way to make to making breaking right. They're breaking records, dude. These guys, this team is ridiculous. This is breaking news. What is it? The Washington Nationals game has gone final. Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> oh, my God. Whatever. Of a final score. Can I guess? Sure. Yeah, let's both get guesses. 19 to nothing. No. Okay. 23 to 1. No. Dang it. Nationals game has gone final in New York. I actually think they're home. They're in D.C. By a final score of 25 to 4. Oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> oh, man. That's a bloodbath. The Nationals That's a little not, league score The right Nationals there. did not score a run two days ago in Miami. Does the MLB not have That's a, a mercy rule? Score. No, that's a football Jeez. game score right there. 25 to 4 Oy. in baseball. Oy. They put up more. Meanwhile, Red Sox is. They put up more, Red Sox they put up more is, points than most BYU games. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, the Nationals just put up eight more runs than BYU averaged points this last season. Oh my God. Also, the Philadelphia. I was going to buy you dinner after Whistler. Philadelphia Boston game has just gone final three to one. <laughs> okay. Okay. I see how it is. Philadelphia's beating the Red Sox after I just hyped them up. Red Sox only put up one run. It's okay. It's okay. Who was pitching? I don't know. Oh, man. Mitch Moreland struggled. And JD Martinez only got. Was one for two. There you go. But then I said Houston at three. Devin, who did you have coming in as your three contenders? My three contenders, I'm not just doing trade deadline. I'm doing all around. Okay. As much as this uh, hurts coming out of my mouth, Hunter, Boston. Boston is my number one to take the World Series. The Sox. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to spend too much time on it because it was hard <laughs> for me enough to admit that. Just my saying second, the name. Is the Dodgers. The Dodgers. Especially them reloading. Man, they reloaded. So I think they could definitely give Boston some problems if oh, yeah. they make it to that point. Oh, yeah. The Dodgers got to be the favorite coming down the NL. Oh, absolutely. NL. Especially you, now. Yeah, you I mean, totally the, Pir- the Pirates and the Brewers got much better at the trade deadline. Hey, look out for the Braves, though. The Braves? The Braves got better, better at the trade deadline? I'm not saying they're going to make it to the series, but don't, don't count them out in the playoffs. There's a lot of, you know, under... Rated moves going on. Jonathan Shoup from the Orioles went to Milwaukee. Um, Ryan Dozier, of course. Mike Moustakis to the Brewers. The Brewers got a lot better at the trade deadline. Uh, the Phillies got Estrubal Cabrera. I, that's my third. The Phillies. Yeah, look wow. out for the Phillies. Wow. The Red Sox, See, one. That's funny because like my list, obviously, if we were just doing 
not off trade deadline. Mine changed a little bit. Boston's number one. Number two, I'm throwing in the Astros because I don't think the Yankees are going to do crap. Hey, and step off. Number we'll three, see. rolling, pulling up the caboose. My Mariners, pulling up the caboose. And is that all of NMLB or just bias. That's all of MLB? That's who I think is going to happen. Bias. I don't care, dude. I've called it. I called this was coming. The Mariners are on the come up. Just watch out. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> watch out. Terrible. Watch out. Right. I can't wait. I can't wait. You know what? No, I can't wait until like college football season gets started. And we the BYU is just taking L after L, and I can. Oh man. Hey, yeah, I wasn't the one pressing the soundboard. That's true. Shut up, dude. Oh, whatever. Whatever. All right, we're going to take another quick break. Coming back, we're going to do not one, but two editions of Top 3 because we had so much fun with it last week. And then I'm going to give these guys a little would-you-rather-take-your-pick kind of game. So stay tuned. We're back. A little dance break over here with Alex. But we're back. It's all good. <laughs> all good. Do you know that you could do any dance you want to this song? You really can. Go ahead and try it. Man, you're right. It's true. It works. Anything. Wow. We're going to get moving things. on. We're going to do our top three. Hey. Two different segments of top three. First... On the docket, we have the top three best uniforms in all of Major League Baseball. Ooh. A lot of players changed uniforms today. So we're going to go over which ones look the best. If you're a player and you wanted to be on a team based off what the uniforms look like, where would you go? So, Alex, we're going to kick it to you. First overall pick in our top three oh, MLB wow. uniform draft. And now I got the first pick. I was banking on going third. Um, dang, that's hard because, see, for me, I – I like different types of color. Like, you know, you see a lot of baseball jerseys. They have that generic, like, everyone has that base gray, right? You yeah. know that. I'm I'm going with that baby blue Kansas City Royal jersey. I absolutely love those jerseys. The one I was wearing yeah, last week? Yeah, just like those. Those are beautiful. Just so you know, heads up. It's not just particular set, but just, like, in general. Just, just like, who, just who has it? Yes. Wow. Okay, well, then, yeah. Well, so let I'm you so, redo, or unless you want to stay with the Royals. If we're just, like, doing a, a set... Because if we were doing particular, it'd be too hard. That's to, like, true. Describe okay, the like, different ups and downs. Who I'd love to. I'd like toss out some. Dope That's on jerseys. me. That's on me. I should have told it's you. It's okay. It's okay. They toss out some dope jerseys. I'm going with the pirates. Have you seen the pirates jerseys? Yeah, they've got the some dope stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The black oh, just yeah. with the solid gold oh, yeah. key on the. So hat? I'm going to take oh, yeah. them as my number one because yeah. they've got some good mix-ups. So I've been going back and forth. My number one. I'm actually going to switch. My first pick, Atlanta Braves. I really? love. It's a very conservative pick, right there. I <laughs> love the Braves' solid blue with just the white script A. Okay. Oh, I love it, and I love their uniforms with like the hammer going across that just says Braves in the yeah, script. That's good. Love me some Atlanta Braves uniforms. So that's my number one pick, Devin. You get back to back. Oh man, it's snake draft. Oh man, no can man. you guess my number one hunter? You're yeah, a pinstripe guy. Yeah, well, pinstripes suck. I'm going to say your number one pick is the Yankees. Your number two is the Cubs. Wrong. We awesome. talked about this the other night. 
Oakland A's. White Sox. Oh, uh, you do. You okay, do you love like you that some solid white black socks. and white, don't I you? I love that solid black and white. You okay. love and the solid black. And not to be black. particular, but that solid black jersey. The road. The road socks uniforms. You love them. Every time I see that, I just want to go online and buy one. Which you did? Yeah. You did. Buy I one. Bo Jackson jersey coming. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, I should have mm. known. But white socks also pinstripes, so I was kind of half right. True. They do have the pinstripes. Those are also cool. My number two pick. It's a classic Dodgers. Ooh, oh yeah, you they can't were, go they wrong were my there. Number two on yeah, my you list. can't go wrong there. That Dodger blue, you can't beat oh, it. Oh yeah, no, can't I agree. beat it. I agree. All right, my number two pick is I gotta go with the Boston Red Sox. Okay, historic, never been changed. They got the classic white, just the B hat. Oh yeah. Then you got your road grays that just says Boston. Then you also got your alternate reds and your blues. Love them. Very versatile, however, very conservative and historic. So. Okay. Alex, your second and third picks. Wow, yes, I forgot. Back to back. So you can also see this one coming. Second pick, Seattle Mariners. They've got some fresh jerseys. They, I love their logo. They've got a great logo. and then they, Their they, uniforms they, could be better. I don't know. I like good, it. They're, and their def, throwbacks, they're the definition their of good, not the, great. Their throwbacks are cool. Yeah, and so I love it cool. when they do that stuff. So it's, it's great. My third pick, um, this one was hard. Didn't really know what I wanted to do for it, but I really like the New York Giants. I'm sorry. San Francisco, San Francisco Giants. Giants. I, I, I mine. really like the cream color. Yeah, that cream with that just that burnt orange with the black, it looks good. Excellent choice. It Excellent looks choice. good. All right. So I actually have a pick of the litter here. Red Sox I mentioned. Dodgers have been mentioned. Braves have been mentioned. Pirates have been mentioned. I'm going to go... With a nod to my boy Tabo here, Oakland A's. They got in some good stuff. That bright yellow that they toss the in. The Oakland A's oh, green yeah. and yellow combo oh, yeah. works. Oh, yeah, it does. It's good. It's real nice. It and they've got one of the coolest logos in sports, their old school logo of the elephant. Like, yeah, no, I knew you're talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is cool. Freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. And just the classic. I don't know. I guess I'm just a sucker for the script A. You must be, dude. Because the script A for the Braves and the, the script A for yeah. the A's. I used to remember when we made Tabo love, put his, his uh, Oakland hat on. His Warriors hat. Oh, wait, no, it, it was his own. Oakland A's hat. Yeah, no, it was yellow. <laughs> that was a good time. That was a good time. All right. Now to contrast that, we're going to go top three worst MLB uniforms. Except we're going to start on the other end of the table with Devin. Devin, first overall selection for the worst MLB uniforms. Number one, can you give me a drum roll? Tampa Bay. Whoa. They're, I don't know they're, why they're kind of middle of the road. Something about them, I just can't. I just they don't Their catch Devil my eye. Ray ones much better. Yeah, I don't know why they changed from that. Whatever it's they got going on right boring. now, it's not working. Kind of, yeah, a little boring. Especially on the indoor field. There, if you're in the indoor field, you got to make it pop. And whatever they're doing, just not popping. There you go. That wouldn't have been my first pick, but I definitely see where you're coming from. They're they're you know below average for sure. The worst ones, however, are the Arizona Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks oh, have some atrocious. But I was hoping love. that I, I didn't go for that one on the list because I knew that that was already going to be on all I the list. I oh, yeah. love the Diamondbacks logo. It might be one of my favorite logos in all sports. You just love that A. I love the Seriously, A. Seriously, though, what <laughs> I the love heck? the A. Most versatile letter in the that. alphabet. <laughs> if I was drafting letters, if I was a head coach and I was drafting oh, letters, no. A. There's a reason it's number one. No. <laughs> That's awesome. It went first That's in the draft awesome. of the alphabet. There you go. W- number you one, go. A. There you go. So, 
I love the Diamondbacks A logo. Also, just like the snake logo in the shape of a D. Back to the purple. However, they totally, absolutely ruined it with the snake skin pattern on the shoulders. Is that like turquoise blue? They're, yeah, they did that turquoise blue Baseball uniforms look like football uniforms yeah. where, like, the shoulders are different colors and different patterns yeah, from the, the main jersey. Like matte black helmets. Like. They try to go, like, an all gray, you know, the gray, really, really dark gray pants and jerseys. It just does not work at all for me. No. Hate them. But I love the logo. And I have a diamond. I like the Diamondbacks. I have a Diamondbacks hat with the A logo. Love the logo. Coolest. One of the coolest hats However, the jerseys, oh my goodness, terrible Awful. jerseys. Alex, your first pick. Two, one and two right here. Uh, my number one worst jersey, Colorado Rockies. Colorado Rockies are on my list. Awful. For sure. Awful. Rolling at number Bad. two, the Twins. And you want to know why? I don't I hate the Twins. I hate the Twins. And you know why? Why? Because um, there's going to be a common factor in these three picks. Pinstripes. You're I not a pinstripes guy? hate pinstripes. I don't like... I'm not a pinstripes guy either. I like pinstripes. But it works for some teams. Like, so it works might, for so the Yankees. Maybe take, it works for the Cubs. Yeah, but you, I don't even care. You can maybe just take a wild guess with my third one. Well, of course be. it works for the Yankees. They're like historic Yankees. pinstripes. But go ahead. Your turn. You're up. Um, I'm with you on the Rockies. I don't like the purple and, like, the shiny, glittery yeah. silver. I don't like it at all. I don't like it. Um, my number two pick... Uh, it's a toss-up. I don't hate the uniforms... I love the team. I hate the logo of the Washington Nationals. You hate that W? I, it's Walgreens. You don't want to eat that W? You're walking around in a Walgreens. I get it. It's historic. It was the logo for the old Washington Senators back in the day. But it looks like the Walgreens logo. It's okay, dude. True. Just eat the dubs like Winston. Bro, you got to eat them. Munch on those things, dude. <laughs> I hate the logo. And it's going to be... I'm going to come back to that later in my third pick. But... Second pick, the Brewers. Second and third. Okay, the Brewers. Brewers have some boring I thought you liked the Brewers. I like their... uh, Throwback where it's the mitt? Yeah, I like that, but they're normal. I just think, yeah, they need to be like the M with the barley? No, I don't like that. I don't know why. I like the gold. I like the gold accents on it. The gold and the dark navy worked for me. Clearly, I'm just not too big of a fan of that navy blue besides on the Yankees, and that's why I'm real glad BYU is going back to the Royals. I'll throw that. In there, but for my third pick, I don't need a drum roll for this one. I know you guys. Okay, good one anyway. <laughs> I know you guys were so high on these ones. I'm not really a fan of San Francisco's uniforms. Really? Oh wow! I think I remembered it getting that when we talked before. I'm just not this. an orange guy. The Giants make the orange work. I'm not I an orange agree. guy, but the Giants. Yeah, because make you can think work. of orange on other teams. Like yeah, the Marlins that, make it look like crap. That, that I hate the Marlins. The cream looks. It's like I like it. I, think I it looks like good. it a lot. Yeah, no, I agree. We differ good. on that for it's sure. Okay, I yeah. like it. It's okay. All okay. Right. Um, on that same note, though, the orange coupled with the worst logo in all of sports, probably worse than the Nationals, is the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> yeah, I hate. That cartoon-looking bird. And I have an Orioles cap <laughs> with the cartoon bird on it. Yes, because it's the Orioles, because I grew up going to Orioles games. But in the days of Kyle Ripken, Kyle Ripken wore just a straight bird. Like yeah, those were cool. profile picture of just an Oriole bird. Like, they took it out of a th- thesaurus. 
Took it off. Cartoon I got Network. real confident going into the saying thesaurus. By the way, thesaurus. I was real. I was like, I'm about to drop thesaurus right now, and it's gonna sound real great. Just totally botched it. It's okay. Like out of a wilder, a wildlife wilderness magazine, and it was just the bird, and it was so sick. I like just when they have the script O. But the Orioles are one of two teams, I think, in all of baseball that their logo, main logo, isn't letters. I think it's Indians and Orioles are the only two where their logos don't feature letters. So I think they both need to go. Indians also honorable mention just because it's racist. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Wow. All right. Shots fired. I mean, it is. Shots fired, the Indians. I mean, I'm roasting. I've roasted. The, my four picks have been Diamondbacks, Nationals, Orioles, and Indians. I have a Diamondbacks hat. I have a Nationals hat. I have two Nationals hats. I have an Orioles hat, and I have an Indians jersey, which feature all the logos oh. that I was just talking about. So Racist or not, I like that smiling Indian. Real racist, but classic. Yeah. Real, it was my second Little League baseball team, racist. and I, I wore that hat for years. Really oh, racist, but yes. Classic. Great. It looks it's, really great. I mean, it looks Good, I guess. Can I say that? Can I say that it looks good? Even though I don't think it's racist. I don't think it's racist to say it looks good. Like it's just, it's a good logo. Dang. Is the racist? Is the name behind it? The the Confederate Confederate flag is a cool looking flag. Also, real racist. Exactly. That's true. That's why Devin has one, but doesn't display it in our room. I serve my mission there. If anyone wants to know, he's put me on blast. Serve my mission. No, I, in just, I gave you credit. I said it's a good-looking flag, but you don't hang it. Exactly because I the, know what it entails. Um, moving on. We're gonna do take your pick. I'm gonna give you guys two things, and you're gonna pick which one is the better of the two, Go. or the worst of the two. Go. Number one, but the since we're coming up on college football, I was thinking, who are my championship favorites? Okay. And I thought Ohio State Buckeyes. Okay. The Ohio State Buckeyes. The. Okay. So who is the better coach for the Ohio State Buckeyes? Urban Meyer or Jim Tressel? I'm just going to go some. I mean, I know, I know, I know Whistler's going to say Urban yeah. because he coached <laughs> Saying Urban. Mm-hmm. I'm saying but Urban. But I'm going to back, back him on that. <clears throat> so they keeps both. keeps them relevant. They both have one national championship with Ohio State. Okay. Urban Meyer has two conference championships. Okay. Do you have the stat of how many appearances each both have, like, in a no. championship game? No. Well, because there wasn't a conference championship game in Tressel. Jim Tressel. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. That's fair. Because also, Urban Meyer has six division titles. Dang. It's impressive. And Jim Tressel has zero because there weren't divisions. True. Uh, both have one national championship. Urban Meyer has two conference championships. And Jim Tressel has, I think, six conference championships. I'll tell you why Urban's better. Why? Because he took a Utah team and made him relevant. Well, that has nothing to do with and his then, Ohio just State listen, coach. Just listen. Hey. Stick with me. Then he went to Florida, won championships. Then he went to Ohio State, won a championship. So wherever the guy goes, he wins. He, does he, win. is, a, he is a true born winner. He's, He's a winner. He's a winner. I mean, obviously, you can't be mad at having either of those guys. No, absolutely not. Well, I take either not. one. That's the whole point. He made it close. Urban's a winner, though. Made an argument. We talked about it a little bit earlier. The more racist mascot. <laughs> yes. The Washington Redskins or the Cleveland Indians? Washington Redskins. Because the Redskins. Redskins. Like, that's it's like the a derogatory. Name. Redskins. Like, that's awful. The logo for the Redskins, though, isn't it bad? 
isn't as bad as the Indians. The They're Indians logo, like, could you imagine a cartoon? They're both red. And then, but except the Washington just decided to go, we're going to call them the Redskins. Well, Whistler would get excited if he had his him smiling on a hat. So if you had me smiling, that'd be tight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be some website where you can go and like, dude, I'll create your own Come on, they put me, dude, yeah, they'd sell those hats like that, dude. Instant. They're, bottom line, they're both racist, but with that, with that smiling Indian, I think the, and just saying. The logo itself is more racist Cleveland. But the nickname, Redskins, more racist yes. Redskins. Yes. I think we're all in agreement on that. I could give you that. Uh, who wins the title in L.A. first? Manny Machado, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, or LeBron James? Machado. Ben's going Machado. See, reason I would probably go Machado as well. Well, when is the M- when's the uh, MLS championships? Do you have idea. any idea? No Lakers idea. are still trash. Well, because the way I look at it, who gets who gets the chance first? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, LeBron's <laughs> never winning championship in L.A. You know, what? I'm going to go with Machado. I, I think that's. Lonzo's a bust. I'm going to go Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I could see it. I could see it. I'm I just going to, just for the heck of it. That's my number two. Just Might as well. I mean, one and two are Machado and Ibrahimovic. You can debate the order Ooh, of yeah. which, but I'm pretty sure most people would say LeBron James would come third. Um, bigger mistake. This is hypothetical. Keeping Bryce Harper if you're the Nationals or trading Bryce Harper if you were the Nationals. That's hard. I say keeping because he's going to leave anyway. I'm just going to go with keeping. And he didn't get anything for it. I don't know. I just think Bryce Harper really isn't a phenomenal player. He is. And one I, of the best. And I just think as long as he's on your team and you have one of the best players on your team, what, what does it hurt? Like You'll sell tickets. Exactly. You'll make some money. Whatever. Um, speaking of which, more likely to win a title – Bryce Harper with the Nationals or Mike Trout with the Angels? Harper with the Nationals. Coming from a guy who's wearing a Mike Trout jersey right now. I'm just Granted, saying. Granted, it's a bees. What, 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 we talked about it last week. What the Angels are doing with Trout. It's just wasting them. It's just not working. Yeah, yeah I'm, just, I'm on the same side. It seems like, it seems like whether uh, the Nationals are relevant or not, they're surrounding, themselves, they're surrounding Harper with people that can somewhat win. Let me float an idea out there. Um, Corey Seager. Corey Seager. Max Muncy. A couple other guys. For Mike Trout. A couple prospects, too. Be the Dodgers. Then you sign Bryce Harper in their offseason. And you scary. have Machado, Bryce Harper, and Trout. Wow. That's a scary I would team. Buy, <laughs> I would buy all three of those Dodgers jerseys. That is a scary <laughs> I would buy those team. so fast. That's wow. crazy. Yeah, it'd be terrifying. That'd be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, the fun for us is over. Uh, Coming to the conclusion of the Sports Take podcast. Yeah. Again, thanks to Mitch for jumping on the show as Mitch. well as letting us use Thank the you. studio. Shout out to Mitch and Ben Criddle, uh, the host of Cougar Sports, letting us crash in the ESPN 960 studio, uh, record the podcast. Was, he the, one was he the one that we kicked out a little earlier <laughs> to try to kick him out? I think Mitch technically kicked him out. Maybe Mitch did, but I've got, I said, "Hey, it's your studio. You I can know, hang he, out he, here as long as you want." And he was ready to just he kick back with the fellas. Yeah, he was going to BS with us for days. He yeah. was ready to and go. And then Mitch was like, "Hey, like he's like, <laughs> I, I want to no, go home, man." His passive I aggressive kids. was like, I have kids. "Do we just want to take this to the ESPN 700 side because I got to go?" <laughs> I got kids. To which Criddle was awesome. like, "Yeah, so it's football season." Yeah, Criddle said kids some wise last. words. Do you remember yeah. that? Well, we're going to keep them close to our hearts. We're not going to share them. 
That's the secret to life. We can't share True. the secret I'm sorry. to life. Ben, ben shared the secret to life with I us. I could be the we gossip king. Go we can't go sharing that with you. We will never die. So. Just know that. But thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget, follow us on Instagram. Hit it up. Follow Mitch Harper, Mitch underscore Harper on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, keep it real. Keep listening. Peace.